Hi, this is Tina DeCara, and you're listening to Radio What. RadioWhat.com. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do you go? Where do I always send you? DJLittleRock.com. One more time, DJLittleRock.com. Check availability, get a free price quote, and maybe you can have me at your next event. You know I like to party with the people. The people need to be entertained. Let me entertain you. Are you not entertained? Speaking of entertainment, today on the program I have Emily Glazner. Oh my goodness. If you're an avid listener of the What Makes You Famous podcast, you've heard of Emily Glazner and her Red Iris band, amongst other things. Well, we're going to talk to just her today and find out more about what's going on in her life and what's happening with Emily Glazner, the entertainer. Uh, this week's shows, I have one public show at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas, the video dance party, karaoke jam. Yeah, I said karaoke. You're the stars of the show. We got a little concert going on right there every Friday night from 8 p.m. until 1230. And the star of that concert is you, each and every one of you. You have the chance to sing a song on stage. How about that? There's a full bar. The kitchen's open. Pool tables. They got a pool tournament on Friday night. So if you want to try to make some money on at the Rab on Friday night, I encourage you to do so. Check out the pool tournament. And then you could sing on stage right next to me. Yay! My regular Friday night gig. The Rab. Conway, Arkansas. At from 8 there 8 until 12:30 in the am and then on saturday 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 those are made for uh parties i tell you i have a wedding on saturday night and uh unless you're invited you cannot come but the reason i mention it because i'm excited weddings are back baby i'm doing like three or four a, a month which is great it is absolutely fantastic thank you for letting me a part letting me be a part of your big day does that sound corny maybe a little bit all right, let me get off this intro. Let's get into it with Emily Glazner. Skyping Emily Glazner now. There she is. There's the Emily Glazner. I've been missing that face. Well, not too much because you're all over my Facebook feed. You're all over my Twitter. You're all over my social media. All I have to do is see Emily Glazier in my dreams, in my in my eyeballs, on my screens. Is that what you do? Tell, tell the people, remind the people who you are in case they haven't listened to you on the previous podcasts. Uh, my name is Emily Glazner. I am the lead singer of the original band, uh, Red Iris, and also the tribute band, The Joan Hearts. I have a solo career, and I play solo gigs. I'm like I'm a musician and a mom. That's pretty much it. All right. Well, you cut out a little bit on that one, but I'm not editing anything. Um, do you have head, a headset or headphones that you could put on? Or? Um, hey, if you don't have anything I, close, don't worry about it. We'll, I, I think we'll get it. I had them, but uh, this is great. They had been cut in half. And when I went to ask my eight-year-old who cut it was like, 
oh, I thought they were Steven. So he thought they were the 12-year-olds. Therefore, it would have been okay. But could you hold on for just a second? I'm holding. Okay, thank you. This is hold music. Why is it always Girl from Ipanema? A Girl from Ipanema is always the hold music. But if you're, if you're watching the video version of this, you check out her room. She is rock star. The whole room says rock star. And I know she's listening because she, she probably heard the whole thing. <laughs> but your room is rock star. Tell people uh, to kind of guide people, the audio people around your room. Okay. So um, this way, uh, we've got uh, Simon and Garfunkel. And then Eddie Izzard, and um, uh, Marilyn Monroe, Elton John, Joan Jett, boys, Charlie Chaplin, Elton John, uh, uh, Marilyn Monroe, some more Elton John, the Beatles up here, you know, just a. All right, well, I'm trying to turn my 15-year-old daughter onto uh, Saturday Night Live. My goal is to to get her really interested in it, and we're we're starting in 1976. We're starting at the beginning. We watched the the. I'm watching. What's that? That now. I think I'm on. I'm on. I'm on. I'm in '79 going into 1980. I've been watching the old Saturday Night Lives, and when you do it, you see the genius of John Belushi. And you know, then I went back and I was like, I had to watch a documentary on it. I, you know, you know me. I comedy and position, yes, but oh my god, I'm all about comedy and the art that it is, and um, it's just I love comedy. And oh, John Belushi is so good. Like he was so good. So good. Him and Gilda Radner and the original yeah. uh, Not Ready for Primetime Players. I know Chevy Chase only did it for one year, but the reason oh. that I thought about it is the Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, Paul Simon was the second guest, and he yeah. had already been broken up uh, and really had been in a. Di- I guess I, I don't know the story of Simon and Garfunkel so well, but I don't believe that their breakup of their band, of their duo, was very well it, it didn't go very well but they got back together in the second show of uh yeah. saturday night live and it was a big big deal the whole audience was just was like so the crazy. beatles got back together beautiful yeah. well i can tell you this a couple of, I, i've been watching it this long, and i saw it a couple of ago and a day ago um i'm sorry are, are, about you, that. Are, are you talking to me on your phone are you on your phone I, my phone Okay, because it, it is really cutting out, and I don't. I, I want them to, to be able to hear uh, what you what you want to say. But say again. Do you want me to my iPad? Possibly, possibly. I, I can I can definitely make a cut there. I see you, and let's see if the that the sound quality is a little bit better. It might be. I get yes. a lot of phone calls. Uh, that, you know, so that that happens quite a bit. Yes. Now we got some good good sound quality for those people that uh, didn't hear those cuts. Hopefully, uh, I do very well when I do the editing. But you were saying uh, you were saying about Paul Simon and and you were saying about Saturday Night Live and where you're at. Oh yeah, I was watching it and I'm trying to think of the guy that they had on. Uh, but they had a gentleman on, and the same time that that um, Paul Simon was on. And what was what I thought was really really interesting is this gentleman I can't remember his name I'll think about it, um, but he had he put on this wig he put on a wig that looked like Simon and Garfunkel and he and Paul were sitting right next to him and then Paul was like are you trying to be you know Garfunkel and he's like yeah yeah that's what I'm trying to do and finally he you know uh, Paul was just done with it. it was that was part of the joke and he left and then 
Um, then all of a sudden, Garfunkel's there, right? And he's not, not pleased, but it's also a joke. But what I thought was really, really interesting is at the very end where you see the entire group, right? Yeah. Paul and Gar—they were—they were like on opposite ends. Their body language was insane. They were like, "We are not looking at each other. I'm not looking at you." You know, so they're not that way now. But you can literally see it there when you were watching it. And I don't know, it would have been like seventy-seven or something like that. It was great. I just thought that's so interesting because it's right there. It's right there that they are not happy with each other. Well, there was nothing said. Yeah. It was just that idea of that I'm not going to look at you. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to make it seem, seem as any way that we are back together. So I just, anyways. No, being in bands I, and being in duos, yeah. there, there's breakups like in a family. There's a, a yeah. there's a comedy duet. It's a couple of ladies and they're called uh, Garfunkel and Oates. And it seems like that's the. That's hilarious. What would they? They they're kind of categorizing the second bananas as being a comical team. John Oates, funny enough, on on Facebook, that man is very active. He's always throwing stuff out there on on, the, yeah, on his does, Facebook page. He does a lot of things. He did this thing where he used to. Um, it was kind of like where you'd come to his house, and I don't know if it was actually really his house, but you would have other blues players and other rock players, and they'd come and jam with them. I remember that from years ago. Excuse me, I used to watch that. Yeah, I know that they, they do. They, they have done that. I was listening to a podcast, and I, I, I think they rent a house. It's not their mm-hmm. house, but they'll rent a yeah. house down the way that that's a yeah. you know a neutral location, and they'll invite mm-hmm. invite people to jam. Now we have a place called TC's here in Conway, Arkansas. It used to be, uh, from what I understand, this is before I, I came here to Arkansas from Miami. Was it was the Grand Old Opry West, and on Sunday night they have a blues jam, and it's. I don't know. No, it might be the, just a Sunday night jam. I, I don't have to qualify it with blues, but all the musicians of the, the local musicians will get together and it'll be guitarists from that band and a drummer from that band and a singer from that band and all get together and, and just noodle around, just trade ideas. Have, have you done anything like that, Emily Glazner? Um, yeah, we do. We used to, years ago, we would have the jam and... Um, we would have that at uh, what is now the Pub Galleria, but we used to call it the Concert Pub Galleria. So we still consider it CPG. But um, uh, we we had a place like every Sunday. They, you know, it was called it was the Jam, and it was supposed to almost be like an open mic. But very rarely was it ever an open mic. Most of the times that I'd ever been to it, it was just like everybody was off. It was Sunday. You wanted to see your friends and whoever you hung out with. And we would just get up there and we would sing songs. And if you walked in, like the lady who hosted it for the last the three or four years or so, her name is Angie. And she is heart and she's a, a, a fabulous singer and great musician. And she's so much fun to, to sing with. We normally do girl crunch. We do this great duet together of that. And uh, but I knew if I was walking in, there was no way I was going to walk out without singing three songs or whatever. Even if you came there and you'd be like, I sang four or five times, she'd be like, you can hum. I'd be like, yeah, all right, I'll be there, you know. But it was great because she did that to everybody. And it was it, there were people who would come in who'd never really sang. But really, that was where everybody who had played that week, you know, we came in. It was early. It was like six to nine, you know, and it was just, it was great. It was something we, we all really enjoyed doing. Yeah, that's the life of an entertainer. You don't have a nine to five job. Well, you do. Nine P 
p.m. as bb king yeah, said until until 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah you start to you know the you go out the door of the local club and and god's flashlight the sun is calling you in the sun is starting to rise come on home come on home <laughs> you know oh my gosh yes so yes bb yeah, uh, king right. had a, you go to work the uh, 9 p.m. but uh, you know and and you try to make time for yourself me Traditionally, I like to take Sundays off, you know, working Monday through Saturday, whether I'm doing these podcasts or radio shows or or DJing on the weekends. I like to keep Sundays off now. Very rarely. And most of the time, it's it's uh, somebody uh, hands you a big bag of money and says, hey, you want to do my kid's birthday party on Sunday? Uh, Do I prostrate myself? Do I do I give up my lazy Sunday? Do I? Well, what would you do? Well, you know, honestly, I I do play quite a bit on Sundays, but Sundays are great because Sunday is a normally it's either a 3 a.m. to 7. I mean, 3 p.m., 3 p.m. to 7 or 4 p.m. to 8, which yesterday I did. And I made a good amount of money. I had a great time. And um, I I, I got to do that. Most musicians don't play for four hours at a time, but like being able to be one of those people that. I've got a guitar. I can go stand up and sing for four hours and entertain you and, you know, uh, and then turn around and go do it the next day and the next day and the next day. I I just really enjoy that. And being able to do that, you know, I've I've been playing since I was 15. So being able to just stand up there and they're like, all right, sing. All right, here we go. You know, and, and, you know, it's 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 not like being a monkey, but it's in the sense of, you know, can you make this money? If I say, get up and sing and I'll pay you this. If I feel like it, yeah, I'll go and do it. But I like Sundays. Um, Sundays, a, a lot of times, you know, if if it's done at 8, it doesn't even matter if it's during a school year. If you're over at 8, you can have the kids in bed by 9.30. You know, they've already been fed wherever they are. Normally, they're with my, my mother-in-law and or my mom. So, you know, it's, it's perfect like that. So I like Sundays. Yeah. I so mean, I don't really have a day that I'm like, no, I'm not doing anything. I'm like, yeah. You know. It sounds, hey, and, and I appreciate that, that noise. That That's a good singing voice right there. You were doing some, yeah. some uh, warm-ups. <laughs> ah, yeah. ah, I guess I'll play. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no yeah. but it sounds like you have a good support system. A lot of times a musician will <laughs> give up a family, uh, you know, to go on the road, to go do things. Hey, r- remind mm-hmm. the people where you are and the, and the circumference of where you usually handle uh, your shows. You don't like to, you don't <laughs> like to go world traveling or country traveling. You like to keep uh, it local, right? Well, I, I do stay lo- pretty local, but if I get the chance to go, I, I you know, I, I, I set aside time, you know, say, because I don't, I like to play and I like to reach out in lots of different places. Like I, I was talking with a, another musician friend who was talking about touring and, you know, it, and for a certain amount of time. And I thought, you know, I might be able to pull that off because I'd love to do it. But normally I, I live in League City, which is right in between, really, if you think about it, Galveston and Houston. So, I, you know, I could play from there to there. I've done two gigs in Port Arthur, which is uh, a bit of ways away. I'll drive. I just really enjoy uh, singing on stage. My mom always used to say, that's where your home is because that's where you're most comfortable. And I thought, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, you, you have that, that quality, that, that ability to play guitars and to create a feeling with your songs. And not just the original songs, you also do the cover songs. The, 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 the cover songs, would that bring them in? And then the original songs kind of gives them another, wow, that yeah, girl is exactly, really talented. That's exactly what I do. I'll play like five, six, seven covers and I'll say, hey, okay, well, this is a Red Iris tune. Or most recently, I'll be like, this is an Emily Glazner solo tune, you know, and I'll come in with that and then you know they've already like well we like the way you sing this so absolutely we're going to listen to that and i've had a lot more spins on stay stay is very easy uh, to play on the acoustic guitar and to be able to get that feeling that you want so it's really cool um that one definitely goes on pretty well but uh yeah and i then i have covers that are like oh i'll play this because everybody likes it but then i have covers that i just love like the concrete blondes joey I'll play that, right? And I'll be like, when I finish it, I was like, if you can tell me what's the name of the band, I'll buy you a shot or I'll buy you a beer, you know? And normally, and I was like, you can't use Google. And normally you have girls going, Concrete Blondes! Or somebody was the Four Nine Blondes. like, no, that's this one that I'm about to play. But, you know, and the other person will scream, Concrete Blondes. I, I, I even do that at the uh, Rockefeller, which is a really cool um, uh, venue in Houston, I love to play it. Like to say that I love to play it is an, uh, 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 um, what's the word? I can't think of the word right now, but yeah. It's um, an understatement. 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 Yeah. Because it's so great. It's an old, um, bank. And the legend is that it was, you know, Bonnie and Clyde robbed it. It's in Houston, off of Washington. It's so cool. And the green room, this is the best part. The green room is the vault. I remember I was in there with another band and I was looking around and I was looking at the walls and the wall, they're cement, you know, they're painted over, but they're real cement. And I was like, hey, man, they're like, what? I was like, I think we're in the vault. They're like, nah. I said, like, why is the wall this thick? And they're like, oh, really? There, and then we started looking for bullet holes because, you know, we we're looking at the legend of this place. And there is a little area that you can go past if you're upstairs where the balconies are and you that it just gets really, really cool once you walk through into the other room. So you go very, very quickly, you know, because it's just creepy. But it's such a great venue. I love, love, love playing there. Funny it's I'm, my favorite venue in Houston. It's oh, definitely the Rockefeller. I, I guarantee all entertainers, if they get that one place that they like to play, they'll want to go back there again and again. It's got the right acoustics. Mm -hmm. It's got the right sound you know the the sound equipment the microphones were perfect the audience was great you want to experience that again and again bonnie and clyde man i've watched so many movies so many iterations <laughs> of Bonnie and clyde in fact a couple of days ago i just watched uh, one on netflix that just popped up with kevin costner where it's the bounty hunters or or the texas rangers they're i guess they were ex-texas rangers and then they uh the governor at the time uh, hired them out to to go catch bonnie and clyde and i think that they were the it was uh frank Har Harmon, Heyman, maybe mm -hmm. i don't know if you, you know the story of bonnie and clyde but you're you're a texas girl i guess uh, that that has to be somewhere in your in your uh, uh your 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 mental oh, area actually that legend has it that on my mother's side i'm related to uh clyde so which is kind of fun what which and people, people always, you know, if, if that ever comes up and I'm like, he wasn't a good person. Like, it's not like a Robin Hood thing. He really, both of them, they, that's the reason they were taken down so violently. Yeah. 
they weren't they weren't this vigilante that people think that they were you know if you watch the history of it they yeah yeah this, so the legend this, from, no, this, from, from coming from my mom's side of the family yeah. it's like my great grandmother knew him like in the family it was it was either her first cousin or second cousin but they were around the same age but she yeah <laughs> no but i always think it's interesting i i once heard in a documentary they said that he would steal the pennies off a blind man's eyes which was supposed to say a lot like yeah or dead man's eyes i'm sorry dead man's eyes he would steal the pennies off a dead man's eyes like he wasn't you know, like a farmer looked at him wrong and he just blew him away. Like it was just like, it's an actual mafia gang type thing, you know? So um, it's yeah. neat legend, but <laughs> well, it I, really is not the history of it. It's so much more. Well, this particular movie, uh, they go to uh, Barrow's father. I guess he's a mechanic and he's working on a car and he says he's, he's no good. You know, he said, just end it. So he, as far as this story being told, even his dad mm-hmm. said, um, "No, he doesn't need to be in this in this world anymore. He's if there was any good in him, it's gone. It's over. You know. So uh, you know they really painted yeah. him, painted Bonnie and Clyde not as a Robin Hood, as really bad people that right. were creating chaos. And yeah. you know they were just wired wrong. But you have a little bit of that blood in your body. Uh, you, well, you, you, you got a little outlaw in you, do you? <laughs> you know, and it's funny because on the other side." On my dad's side, I'm supposed to be related to, like, everybody's related to the McCoys, but, like, the Hatfields and the McCoys. Like, my great-great-grandmother, like, uh, or no, it was my great-grandmother, and she died when she was, like, 99. She was, oh, she was a whacker, but before that, she was a McCoy. And this is, this is southern Mississippi that goes all the way back to, you know, it was, so th- those are all those, those little bitty legends well, I used to I used to work for a Joanna McCoy, and she was married to a Rob McCoy, and Rob was in that family. You know, this is yeah. it, it's been legend passed down. So I I don't know who who was the bad guys, who was the good guys from a certain point of view. Uh, speaking of from a certain point of view, you you're mm-hmm. wearing a, a Star Wars shirt, and I remember yes. when uh, and spoiler alert when Obi Wan told uh, Luke Skywalker. These are two characters in the movies, kids. And, you know, in case you haven't seen Star Wars, where you been? No, when when uh, when he told Luke that uh, that Darth Vader betrayed and killed his father, and then later on he says, "From a certain point of view, I was telling you the truth." Yeah, yeah. So, is there a different truth for everybody? That seems to be political. The political thing this these days is you can have it's your truth. Isn't there truth? Isn't this truth or false? I don't know. Well, you know, I the way I used to the way when somebody says, "Well, a certain point of view," I'd be like, you know, that's just lying, but from a mission. That's really all it is. It's it's not it's not the truth. It's it's a lie, and you're just lying by omission. You know, I didn't tell you that really it was your dad and his two sides of his you know demon and angel and the demon won out. You know, really, that's what would it be. So it, to me, it's just lying by omission. I used to have a lot of friends who get away with that stuff. Like, oh no, I didn't say that. I was like, yeah, that's lying by omission. Yeah, I didn't ask you specifically. And uh, you know, were you blah blah blah? Were Were you here? And they're like, you weren't there. It's like you were at the next store. That's the same place. It's in the same spot. You know, that kind of thing. So well, I found out. A, I found out a long time ago. I'm a terrible liar. You know, if I do try to cover my butt by by lying even if it's a, a little white lie immediately mm-hmm. immediately i'll say no you're right that wasn't true i just 
I, I, I messed up. That was bad. You know, uh, yeah, I did that thing. I, I dropped that glass and I forgot to clean it up. You know, whatever, whatever it was. It just, uh, why, why did I try to cover that up? You know, it's, it's just human nature. You want to cover your butt. You want to you want to get away with things. And and um, maybe I'm maybe it's just me. Maybe that's just me. I'm the only one that wants to get away with anything. <laughs> No, I think everybody wants to get one on over on somebody, you know, and it's just your conscience that goes, oh, okay. You know, it's so funny, um, you know, that I love stand-up comedy. There's a, it's a Billy Connolly album, and he's talking about liars, he goes, you know, people telling the truth, and he goes like, I'm a liar, it's my occupation, you know, like, you think of it as like, like oh, that's what I do. Uh, it, you know, he's like, there's no recession. I'm loaded. It was like that, that's way back then, but I thought. You know, no, embellishments. There was like, a movie. I lie as my job, and I thought that was so funny. There was a movie that I enjoyed so much. It's called The, the Big Fish. And his this man just going through his life, he's talking about where he was in a oh, circus. Oh, yeah, I remember that movie. Ewan McGregor was in it. Yeah. yeah another Star Wars. Uh, he was the dad. Yeah. He was the dad. Well, later it was, I guess, Albert Finney. Uh, he, but, yeah. But the younger yeah, version. Yeah, he was the one telling the story. Right. And it was always em- embellished, you know, but... Then at the end of his life, uh, more spoiler alerts, more spoiler alert for this movie that's 20 years old called Big Fish. Still go watch it. But, you know, at the end of his life, mm-hmm. all these people show up to his funeral and, oh, it was true. You know, yeah, there was it, a lot of truth the, to it, to, to the story. Yeah. But, you know, being a storyteller, I've never been much of a storyteller. I'm not good on these podcasts by myself. It's much better to have a person such as Emily Glazner who has some experiences that we can bounce ideas off of. And I love, I love, love, love your room. I love how it's decorated. This is, this is definitely your room. Me, I'm using a green it screen is. because I'm in the middle of moving and I'm, I'm building a new <laughs> studio. So I'm, I have my, my green screen behind me. Hey, spoiler, that's not real back there. <laughs> you know? but, but it looks like I'm in a studio, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Green screen's yes. great. No, but you you do a lot of videos, and and it is always the iPad it works so much better. It, do you do them all oh, on, yeah. on the iPad? I, I do iPad? them on my phone. I do them on my phone. All my videos I do on my phone. I put them up here. I have my little uh, my my Wonder Woman. I set my Wonder Woman up in front of it, and it holds my phone where I need it to. And it's really easy to upload for wherever I am. Sometimes it won't upload right away, but I as you've known me for a little while now. I'm always on the move. Like I'm always going to the next thing. So on Sundays, I'll do my Sunday fun day and I try to do it from 11 to four, somewhere in that. Normally I put it out before 12, uh, uh, but they have like every other weekend, there's one, one particular radio station that I like, I like to tune into, but to hear like a show. So I normally try to put it out right before that or right after. Cause I don't want to miss it. You know, it's like, Oh, I don't want to miss this. So, um, yeah, I like uh, I like doing that though, and I like saying this is what I've been doing this week. And what's interesting is I noticed no one was doing that. And I did it for two, uh, a few reasons. You know, um, I'm not really flashy. I'm not. You can see, like, I'm sitting here in my kid's T-shirt that I stole from him <laughs> because it looks awesome on me. Yes, <laughs> women know? look better and, in your T-shirts. Uh, and <laughs> my makeup is like you know, if I'm doing a big show, well then yeah, I'm gonna wear a lot of makeup. But other than that, I'm not gonna really wear that much. And I just liked the idea of 
and then I'm, and I'm a mom, you know. So I like the idea of I'm selling myself in the sense of this is me. This is really what you're going to get. Like you're not going to get any. Like so, if you know who I am, maybe you're going to think about listening to our music and or, or my music and. You know, it's not like, a, oh, my gosh, they looked like a model on this thing. And that's not really what they are in, in, in person. That kind, of, that kind of thing. I just want to make it to be where you could see who a person really is. For, like, and I, I have people that I, I, I consider myself friends now from England and from Germany and just from all over. And I think one of the reasons is because I come across as literally who I am. Like, this is it. Like, right now... My nails aren't done because I, I've got, you know, I've got so many gigs going on. You know what I mean? Like, and and I was thinking I've got on a little bit of makeup before I do this with you, you know, but I was running around all day today. So if I'm, if I've got like four or five shows, you know, I'll say I've got this many shows this week and this is what Red Iris is doing. And this is me. And I normally I do it in this room. Now I'm starting to do it on location because I'm being booked in other places, which is fun to say. All right. I'm out in the hot sun. Like my last one was like, I'm out in the hot sun and it's hot in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my hair is all into my face. But I like doing those videos because um, that's the only way I can reach somebody over in England who likes my music, but they don't know anything about the lead singer from Red Iris. So, you know, or somebody in Germany, I did an interview with a uh, Jorg in Germany, you know, he's got his, uh, another thing that he's doing and he's putting together a label and I talked with him and I've talked with other people and that's awesome. But it, a lot of them, people are like, I saw your video. I really like your video. I, I want to talk to you. Just like, I remember I didn't put a video up, but you saw my pictures and how like I was just me. You know, yeah. it was, and you approached me. And so, like, I'm putting myself out there as myself, you know. Well, first of all, you got to face the fact that you're a natural beauty. You're gorgeous, girl. You're gorgeous. You know, and fish, that's, fish, fish. Oh, but that, you know, that, don't be embarrassed or anything. All women are beautiful. Okay, okay. Thank you. You know, and you have to own it, love it, be be beautiful, be that person. You are that person. You're the front person, and you you, you know how to express yourself and 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 um, make the crowd feel something that they. They needed to feel. They've been working hard all week. They need. They need that Emily Glazner. They. They need that Red Iris. They need that Joan Hearts. Is it Joan Hearts? Did I say that? It right? is the Joan Hearts. Yes. It is the it Joan Hearts. You have so many, so many things, so many irons <laughs> in the fires. You is, is is this the only thing that you're doing now? Is uh, it is, is it music? is right now? Um, due to COVID, you know, when it was happening, um, my son had gotten sick and we don't know if he had it, but he's now 12, but at the time he was 10 and a half, you know, or t you know, and, uh, uh, it was really frightening and it was in March of 2020 and we just had no idea, you know, we just didn't know anything and it was just kind of creeping along and he woke me up with a really high fever, like at two thirty, three o'clock. And I was supposed to go to work the next day. And I never went to work ever again. Um, unfortunately, uh, I lost my job due to it, but I had to stay home because they were like, we can't test him, but you and your entire family need to stay home. And so that's, that's exactly what happened. And then after that, um, they offered me a job back and it just was not pleasant the way they offered it back. So I just thought, you know what, I'm going to stay at home with my kids and I have and I, I play music you know uh, because I'm pretty good at following the rules that's the best way to say it uh, whenever 
uh, it was late July of last year is when I started being called back to do gigs. And a lot of people haven't been playing that long. But I have because they were like, look, Emily, you're going to have to stay away from people. You're going to have to wear your mask. You're going to have to do this, 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 this. But you'll pay you this much money, 45 minutes to an hour. Get up there solo. Everybody's going to be separated. We're just starting this over again. Will you do it? And I was like, absolutely, I will do it. To get on stage again was just, you know, a big thing for me. And some people uh, wanted me to go live. I didn't have the ability with with all my kids running around all the time to go live. Like right now, I can hear them. You can't hear them, but I can hear them, you know. So um, when I got to go out and go live in the sense of being there and following the rules, and I had somebody uh, say something really snarky and ugly Um on twitter you know like take that mask off your face you know blah 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 blah. america and i was like look there are rules and i'm going to follow the rules wherever i am and that's what they mean if you fly you're gonna wear a mask anyway Mm -hmm. so the way they were so ugly and what's interesting is i have you know other people who came to my defense like why would you say that you know that's how you feel about it don't do it but when I, i want to work somewhere I'm going to ask them, what are all the things that I need to do to be following the rules to keep me and you safe? The moment I was able to get um, a vaccine, I did because I knew I'm going to be playing. I'm going to be all over. Yes, I always have my I have my mask. I love my mask. I have my Make Humanity Great Again mask. <laughs> you know, I do. You know, the Eddie Izzard Make Humanity Great Again mask. I love it. And normally I wear it. I've got this little pouch uh, uh, that I bought just so I can, I have only a few masks, but normally I wear that one. So I'm constantly washing it. It's in the wash right now. But um, yeah, I, I didn't have any problem with following those rules. And because I was there on time, follow the rules, didn't, I wasn't had to told, hey man, put that back on or you need to stay this far away. I went in it like it's a job. Because when you are a musician, yes, it's art. But it is still your job. Now, I bet you feel the same way when you do your thing. It's art and it's a job. It's both. We're lucky that we get to do both. But it is a job. If your gig is at 6, you need to show up at least 4.30. <laughs> Even if you're just lowly acoustic, because there are so many other people. If you're, Especially if you're op- at folks, if you're opening for someone. If they say be there at 4, be there at 3.30. Because they're still, that band is still going to be tooting up. And if you want any shot at that, at the uh, um, the guy who's running the music, the sound guy, if you want to get in good with him, be there early. Have all your stuff together. Be there early. I cannot tell you how many musicians I know who do the same thing that I do. Coming in, they are playing at 7 and they come in at 6.30. All I got to do is plug in. No. No. And you almost want to be like, I don't know them. They are not with me. They're, I know we were talking, but I just met them. You know, because you're like, oh, I don't want to be associated with that. And a lot of musicians do get that association of, you know, I'm always like, I'm going to be prompt and on time. It is a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> that's that's why I've been playing as long as I've been playing. That's why you get paid the amount you get paid. That's why you're at this level. Because you have a craft, you've perfected a craft, you're perf- you continue to practice, even though you have enough talent to get up on stage and play songs, you have a repertoire, you have a, a bank of, of, a, of enough songs to get you through four hours at least, and you, uh-huh. and you still 
want to learn more songs and more songs and and you want to you want to be professional it, it is a job it absolutely is a job you know people say uh oh you're, you're gonna go do that wedding on on saturday from from three to seven well i'm gonna be there 1 30 to set up because i'm my own roadie and when you're a solo mm-hmm. guitarist you're the roadie you're your own roadie yeah yeah do you i mean do you have your pa system that you can mm-hmm. go do a mobile show if you need to yeah that I, that's what i did yesterday um, I have a, I even went and I noticed that nobody had a, had a, you know, that I was working with had a dolly and I used to work in, um, a, a plant in, in, uh, Baytown, like, like a chemical plant. And I worked th- for the mail. I was a supervisor years ago, uh, in, in, in the mail rooms and we had these particular dollies and it was really easy to stow the package or whatever on that dolly. And I was like, Oh. I'm going to find that. So I found that on Amazon and that thing works great. Everybody else has got these big, big dollies or whatever, you know, it's like, I've got this thing. I was like, I don't need that at all. So I can shove pretty much everything on to this particular dolly. I need like 250 pounds. So I think that's what it'll hold. I just, and it folds down really uh, compact. I love it. But yeah, I'm normally, it's me. Sometimes like I have, I have really great friends and they'll come out and they'll help me set up the big shows and things like that. But they'll be coming out to help. But if they're not there, like when I went to Port Arthur the last two times, I drove all the way there. It's like an hour and a half there. Set up all my stuff, tore it all down, came back, you know. And it, But I have pride in that. You know, I've been invited to uh, uh, sing and, and play at the um, Crossing the Tyne Festival in South Shields, you know, Newcastle and South Shields in, in, in England. And if it's open... Like I've already got, I've got my tickets sitting there. I can't buy them yet because I got to know that it's open. But if it's open, like I'm going and it's supposed to be like in the end of August. I'm so excited. I was like, oh, that's great. And people are like, well, why do you do all these things? You know, if you go into Houston by yourself, you do all this. Why do you do it by yourself? Because if I'm in England, I don't know anyone. But I've got to be able as a grown woman to get my stuff from A to B and figure out how to do it. That's literally how I raise my kids, too, in the sense of um, my oldest, he's actually on leave for the first time from the Navy. But it, we were, were looking at cars and things like that for him. And I was like, nope, you've got to sign it. You've got to got to fill it all out. Like he's been putting registering himself from school for since he was like 14. You know, I'm there looking at it, but I'm making him go through it because you know how many people do not know how to fill out a form? There are a lot of people who cannot fill out a form. So doing things on my own and teaching my children how to be sufficient and do things on your own. Like in this business, eventually you do get people. But until you get those people, you have to be your own people. Oh, you know what's funny? I've been looking for a roadie since 1986. I'm with you on that cart. Uh, I went and I got the uh, the rock and roller cart. Uh, and people mm-hmm. are amazed. I, I am too old and too fat to make two trips. So I'll have two speakers, uh, a box full of goodies, lights, uh, stands for the speakers, uh, microphones, uh, you know, so much equipment. And, and the, I'll set it all up and it'll look like a nightclub just showed up. And they'll go, you got that all in on one trip in one cart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so yes, uh, nickel's worth of free advice for the kids out there. The rock and roller cart. This is not a paid advertisement and it holds 700 pounds worth of stuff. Yay. You know, so. I have a lot of musicians who have that with the musician friends who have that one. And literally when you were saying all that, I thought it was like, oh, you're playing Tetris. I bet you have, you know exactly where each piece is going to go, how it's going to fit. 
you know, and they loaded up. I, I used to have a friend who would load up uh, another musician's friend. Said, like, he wasn't a musician, but he loved the idea of loading all of his stuff up. It was late at night after a lot of people had had too much to drink, and he would just be like, could put it here, here. Nobody else could get it to fit the way he could. No. <laughs> you know, he could no. get it to fit. And, and, but yeah, that's what I thought. There's talent. There is a lot of talent. I have another musician friend that whenever I help, if I come out and I watch him play, his name is Chris. Chris Hardy is an amazing musician. But whenever uh, he breaks down, and I'll often help because, you know, solo musician, I get it. <laughs> you know where everything has got to go. Like the guitar goes in the, you know, here, this goes in there. The, you know, you all already know because he'll like, all right, Emily, this goes here, 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 and here. My car, because it's constantly changing, it's just like, just shove it in there. There's just some room somewhere. There's the Nerf guns and, and, and pillows and probably a bag of chips in there to sit it on top. I'm so not the Tetris. <laughs> no, at the end of the night, uh, dr- invariably drunk uncle will come up and say, hey, you need some uh, help? And I'll say, no, thank you. No. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they don't most know how that you stuff don't want, but that's, that, that That's very true. Like, I, I know uh, a lot of people... I remember uh, uh, I was like, hey, Chris, do you need any help? He's like, yeah, you know how to roll a cord. Because, <laughs> like, you do. If you don't roll it right, you get the kink in it. And then it does it. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, it's funny. Like, there's that musician code. Like, oh, I've seen you play. I know you know what you're doing. You, you may help me. Well, <laughs> and you and can tell. I think it's rude. But it's thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stuff. Well, and you can tell the pros by their equipment and how the how it looks when it's packed up. There's mm-hmm. cases, there's bags. It's not yeah. loose. You know, I've seen yeah. people throw wires and cables up on top of a pile. No, there's a bag for that. There's a place oh, for man. that. There's a microphone case here. It fits here. That you know, everything is cased up. My DJ uh, equipment, the uh, the turntables, they're in a case. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you see equipment that, and especially when they're set up, if there's wires laid out everywhere, no, you want things to be kind of in order. You know, you don't maybe in a live band situation that feel of you know wires and such kind of laid out a little bit. But the big guys, if you watch one of one of these shows that you paid you know a hundred bucks for, I don't think I've seen a cable at a Poison show or 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 uh, you know Ario's no. wagon too much. I know what you're talking about. And and actually here, like when we play here, the way things are set up, you know, there there's wires, but like, it's not like they're just because, you know, smaller time, but uh, um, there's always rhyme and reason to where they are. And that you always want them to be the same place, whatever stage you're at every time. That way, you know what you're walking over, you know, yeah. and the way they're, put down they're rolled in a certain way to where you know they they come out another way if there's too much somewhere you know most people most sound guys they they fix it they 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 make sure that it's set up the way it should be it's not like a garage man you know when you can see a young band and you just look at the way they set up and you're like okay you don't have it yet but it's okay you're gonna get there but y'all haven't lost somebody tripping over this wire onto the drums losing the drums because i've seen that happen before (laughs) <laughs> I've you know, seen like those all Marshall the things stacks. that you've seen 
on stage as a performer as years go by you know i've seen people fall off the stage that's not cool no but you say that you you have the ability to be a mobile performer that you can mm -hmm. show up at any event anytime mm -hmm. any place you know yeah. if if the if the travel is provided hey you can go anywhere is with enough time and the travel provided you can be anywhere mm -hmm. anytime but it's nice to have those gigs where you can plug and play or yes you said you made friends with the sound man and that yeah that lets me yeah. know that you have that that favorite venue of yours is oh yeah all the equipment is all set up all you are is pretty much plugging and playing even though you're showing up an hour and a half early because you're a professional well but the other thing is like if, if you show up an hour and a half early i, I i'm plugging a play and and it depends on what other bands so if i'm if i'm doing it with with the joan hearts unfortunately um some members of my band they can't get off until a certain time so we've got to bring everything in set it all up and then they show up later so you've got to be there early and even when i'm with got the acoustic the reason i show up so early is see if um nightbird is, is a fabulous fabulous um band that plays here in houston they are a tribute to stevie nicks and um fleetwood mac they have a lot of members so i know if i'm playing before them I'm going to show up really, really early because because they have so many instruments, because they have so many members, and because they are this fantastic band they are, their sound check is probably going to be a little bit longer than other people's, you know? So I come in, make sure I have all my stuff, stand away. I talk to the manager before so he knows I'm not necessarily going to stay through all of the show because I can get home to my kids, you know, and so I talk it out with them about where I'm going to be afterwards, you know, for other things. And it's just a... It's just a um, it's a job. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it, there are so it, many people who just, even when it's not your main job, even when you have other jobs besides this one, once, which I did up until this year, I've always treated it like that. You yes. know, I've always treated it like this is my job. This is what I do. If I want to be called back, which I very often am, you have to show up and you have to be professional and you have to, like, you know, do the right things for that venue because all venues are different. And they call you back because you are reliable, but you've given the people gems. You're, you're letting people know when you have a whole band, three, four, five, six members. Yeah. They all have lives. They're all, and, and mm -hmm. they're all different people. Maybe they all like the same kind of music because they're all in the same band, but they, you know, maybe some have kids, maybe some are single parents, maybe some have grandparents. Everybody's got in jobs, you know, day jobs, uh, yeah. day, day jobs, give you that insurance that maybe, the the band work wouldn't give you it's it, it it's rare when you see somebody on a certain level when you're when you're starting out as a musician you you don't have insurance it's kind of you know you, you you want that stability and that's something a lot of times that being an enter entertainer doesn't give you you it's a hustle but some people love the hustle i've been doing it since 86 i love the hustle you know what do you what do you think do you have an agent that that books you or is it all emily glazner um i work with different agents uh, i have one in particular for things that i do solo and then i have one uh, you know that uh do uh, do solo and bands and um i i really respect both these gentlemen they're they're different uh, one normally works kind of out of league city and area and the other one's in houston and i've been working with them for a while and the one in particular he was the one who's like i love the fact that you're going to get back to me in less than 15 minutes you know well and i have it to where you know certain people hit your phone you know it right away 
And if I don't, I was like, I was driving and, you know, and I'm, I'm ready to pull over because I know this is going to be a good gig, this, you know, particular uh, um, agent, booking agent. And then just, um, you know, there are certain people who've been in the business for a really, really long time and to recognize who they are and what they bring to the table. And then, the you know, respect. Now, all those things are a really big deal. And um, so I like working with them. And I like and I, I also book on my own. You know, you have to be able to do it from every which way. When you're in, a, you know, um, a certain level, you, you just have to do it that way. You know, maybe one day it will change. Even if it changed, I'd probably still want my hands in it because I've been doing it for so long. Um, it, it's but, hard to step away. But how, how do you get to that yeah. next level unless you have more people on your team? You cannot do it mm -hmm. all by yourself. I've learned that yeah. over the years. I try to do it by myself. No, I'm going to stay at this level you know, at this, at this particular level, if I try to do it all by myself. So if I have other people yeah. working for me, whether, whether they're working for money or for love, you know, they, they, yeah. there's a team, yeah. that, a team effort Do the, of the other members in your band, uh, the two different bands, uh, also will strive to get gigs and do they come up, you know, kind of as, as a team effort? Hey, I got this, this idea. You want to do this? And, and everybody huddles together and, and you, well, get yeah, you know, with red Iris, uh, is, Zeke is an amazing hustler when it comes to gigs, you know. Um, so we're we're working, but having you know get people together, and then you've got to have um, the, the, right now on so many places since you've been without music for so long and being in Houston, original bands um, we're, we're booking, but it's not as much as booking a cover band. I mean, just to be honest, you know, a cover band cooks books really quickly so with my cover band um because i the joan arch was the tribute band and then we started doing slash emily and the cruisers so so we could play a four-hour night you know my joan Hart band we kind of have the same setup you know we have all the joan Hart songs and then we throw in a bunch of really fun rock tunes on top of that to like a good four hours and you know just a big fun rock band and and that drummer uh, his name is Leo. Leo is is fabulous. When he's like, "All right, we're booked here. We're booked at Bubba's. We're booked," you know, I love that. And you know, he's got a full time job, and he's a great dad and husband. And but he puts in that time. You know, we try to make it to where we don't play too many times a month because of those things. You know, he does have his family. I have my family. Everybody's got something that's going on. So. That's fun, but that's fine because then I've got the Red Iris gig, and then I've got my solo gig, and then I, you know, and then on top of that, I do um, uh, uh, I do fill in solo shows, not fill in uh, uh, cover shows, which is really fun. So they, they they that's why iPads are so amazing now. Used to if you were going to fill in, you'd have to know two to three months in advance. And you had to learn a lot of songs. Now you have to learn the songs, but at least they're like, I'm like, yeah, and I'll be really straight up with them. I'm so, okay, I know about half your set list. I'm going to be working on it, but this, I'm to make sure, you know, so we can make it through your show, I'll, I'll make sure I'll have my iPad there. That way I can play the chords and sing along and, and it'll be fine. And some people don't like that, but it's like I said, it's a job. So that's that that's how you can promote to a different level and learn songs quicker by having that ability to do that. 
Yeah, the ultimate thing is what's going to give the people the best show. If an iPad yeah. is what you need, then that's what you put up there. I don't mind seeing an iPad kind of, you know, or, or maybe attached to the pole. I think that's normal uh, for, uh, you know, to, to have your accompanying music if you're a solo guitarist. Now, uh, I did hear a podcast earlier on Broadway. Um, instead of learning all their lines, a lot of times they have monitors up all over the all over the stage and off to the yeah. right so they they really don't have to learn their lines like you're, they're washing dishes and in the sink there's a a monitor oh, wow. there i and, didn't oh, know about okay. that That's yeah interesting i knew that from from snl though like oh. in saturday night live cue cards uh, i knew that they, they used to have the cards and now they have like the other stuff but i love saturday night live and even that even if you're looking at something you're still playing it live you're still giving them you know your 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 part of the song your soul out of that song so um there aren't many that that i do that with but the, the few that i do you know it's it's in my process of learning i've been playing like since i was 15 so, uh, and there's always something else to learn. And then when you go through a period of time, I went through a period of time where I didn't play too many solo shows and I spent a lot of time on the bands and, and I was working a lot and now I'm jumping back into playing a lot of solo shows. And so like, I'm really going back at some of my music. I was like, Oh, this is so great. I forgot this. Like I retaught myself how to play every breath you take. And I do it in a particular way. And I love that one, you know? And I was like, oh, this is such a great one. And because I'm just playing the acoustic guitar, my favorite part of Every Breath You Take is actually that, that little solo in the bridge in the middle of the piano. To me, that's where all that pain lies in that song. It's just right there. That's just me, folks. It's not everybody else. So when I'm playing, when I'm going through the chords, I'll just sing that part. You know, because that's what I would be feeling anyway. If I'm listening to it, you know, I'm listening to police. I'm still going to sing that part because I love that part. I think those notes just hit in a certain manner that 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 same you know, that same uh, string of pain that that sits with everyone. That yeah, I love that. So same thing with uh, the song "Letter to Elise." Letter to Elise. You know, uh, "Cure." I like to play that one. So when, da, 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 when I'm playing all the chords, so I'm singing it. And the, everybody is picking up on that part. Oh, that's what that song is, you know? There's a lot of ways you can do songs, uh, you know, to bring something else to the table. Like, I've never been really good at a lead or anything like that. I remember John Mellencamp, I think it was, once said, I want to just know enough chords to be able to play and write a song. I never really want to make the guitar cry or all that other stuff. I love that about John. I just found like, out. That's me. I just found out his, his nickname is the bastard. The bastard. <laughs> yeah, that's his nickname. That's what people call him. Yeah, you know, I, I never met John Mellencamp, he but must I, be I a met, real nice filler. I met Ted. I've always liked John Mellencamp. No, I, I, I played Pink Houses last night. It was great. No, I met Ted Mellencamp down in the Florida Elevator in uh, at Holiday Isle in Isla Mirada in the Florida Keys, and he, he goes, "I'm Ted Mellencamp," and he goes, and I go, I look at him. And his hair was just about the same. He's a little heavier. And I go, okay, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't know. But we chatted for a little bit. <laughs> but uh, no, you, you mentioned uh, every breath you take. And it kind of led me back to circa 1997, just after Biggie died. And Puff Daddy had that song uh, mm-hmm. that used the, the uh, version. But on MTV Music Awards that year. Uh, he was singing. I remember his, that. Oh my gosh! And Sting yeah, comes comes up yeah. from the stage. Oh, can't you see? 
and I was yeah. like, I <laughs> yeah, was bawling was like I just hurt my knee. <laughs> I was crying my eyes out. Anybody that w- wants to know that that uh, vision, look up MTV Music Awards. I think it's had to be 1997 and Sting coming out of that. Oh, just. Oh, can't you see you belong to yeah. me? I was like, oh, was my good. goodness. But, yeah, you, you gave me the feels on that. Just list, thinking about That's things. It's, a, it's amazing what, what you can trigger in a conversation, uh, you know, just talking about uh, things that you create, things that, that, that have been created. It, it's amazing. But you've, you've, uh, you've given to people already a lot of gems, a lot of ideas. If you want to be a musician, if you want to be a musician that makes money, not a starving artist, you have to get into a lot of things. Be, you know, be, have the ability to be solo if you can. I mean, it's kind of hard to, to carry a drum set around from place to place and, and just uh, you know, make a living just playing drums on your own. But if you can get, grab a guitar and, and kind of you know, sing along, with your guitar that's a fantastic talent that is a that is a talent that i wish that i had and i i, I keep saying i wish i can i can do it i could just grab a guitar and learn how to play it now, i may not be emily glazner good but but i'll be i can get good i, I can get good i, I believe I in myself you can learn a guitar at any time especially now you've got the youtube and you've got all kinds of things my, my thing is, when anybody wants to learn how to play a guitar, I say, just fine. Because every now and then I'll teach, you know, a few people how to do the first couple of things, and then they, they're on their own. But um, I always say, find a song that you really love to sing, that you would love to sing, and that way you will learn how to sing and play it at the same time. Well, you just let and everybody let me I've ever worked with. They do. You just let me know another avenue uh, of yours. You, you're also a guitar teacher. Oh, it's, it's not very often. <laughs> it's just I just teach people how to play the chords. They get to learn the chords. Like my 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 friend um, Stephanie, uh, who actually lives in the same little area that I do, will be working on that pretty soon because it's summertime and she's a teacher. And so she's like, "How much?" And I'm like, "Nothing. You're a teacher." <laughs> you gotta stop you know, that you, you, you do a job no that, that you, you have to realize <laughs> if, so if, they, if they offer you something it's because they can afford it you know you, you can say 20 bucks you, if you want or you can say 10 bucks but if oh, they, i know i but my my thing is uh, I, I i respect the fact that she's a teacher you know and and i, I know what she can afford and those kind of things i'm oh, very yeah. close to her but for me that that was just my segue into saying that you know Teachers do not get the respect that they should, especially after we had to teach our own kids for months and months and months and months. Oh, my God. They are saints. Oh, yeah. Because I am not a teacher. Oh, I can teach you, you how to play guitar, well, but I am not got, a teacher. You got to think back to when you were in school. Do you remember some of the teachers that te- taught you along the way? Mm-hmm. I remember my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Brightwig. I remember her, you know, because she, she uh, you know, it was uh, teachers have an impact impact on your whole life especially mm-hmm. the teachers that really can you, you remember those uh, and I'm, I'm thinking of a long list of teachers that i've, I've had through my life and do you uh, who were your, your who were your favorite um teachers or your favorite courses growing up oh um my fourth grade teacher mr haynes i love that he would tell a story and he would read us um he read us this book called uh wait till helen comes it was actually pretty darn scary for fourth grader and he read us a story called um a taste of blackberries oh, i cried every time i unashamedly it was most kids in that class i remember when he finished it we cried because of the way it ended it was very similar to my girl so go back and watch that you know and um 
I love that he he maybe want to go back and read them later. He, he was such a good teacher. I love the way he, and so the way he read our, our books like that, he read uh, history the same way. He would take history and make it the same way he would read us, you know, um, a novel. Um, I really love Coach Stevens. Most people, I think he's in sixth grade. I had him, I was one of the lucky, and I say lucky, because he was strict, but he was so funny. I can remember him reprimanding somebody, turning around going, hey, guys, <laughs> like, we're moving on to the next thing. And we were like, oh, that's crazy. But I had him sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade. I had him for um, uh, sociology, I think it was, which nobody had that in sixth grade. Then <laughs> I had him, like, for, as an English teacher. Then I had him for some other class, you know, that. But I was like, I had him three years, and he was a coach, and he was such a coach coach. This is Barbers Hill. That's where I went to school um, outside of Baytown into Mont Bellevue. And I always loved him. I loved Coach Stevens. His big thing was not to put your feet on the basket under the desk in front of you. He'd be like, get your feet off my furniture. You know what's so funny? Was, people would get mad if you say that, but that was just keeping you in line for agitating the person that was in front of you. Like now when you're growing up and you look back at it, you're like, yeah, I totally understand why we couldn't kick the person in front of us. Got it. You know, when you're a kid, you don't like that. You know um, what, no, you know what's I, funny I, is is the history teacher is always yeah. the coach. I've heard that so many it's times. The history teacher, I've had my almost all like I would like I said I went to Barbara's Hill. My science teachers, my math teachers, my English teachers, everybody, uh, every kind of subject you think you can have. They were also um, uh, coaches. <laughs> it was such a big thing to be a coach there, you know. So. Um, but yeah, I remember that, uh, Mr. Miss, uh, coach McManus and his wife, Mrs. McManus coach. I had him coach McManus. I had him. He was, he was fabulous in sixth grade. And then his wife actually taught me how to drive Miss McManus. And she used to let us bring, um, because that was the driver's ed in high school. So she used to let us bring music whenever it was our turn to drive because she knew when we were actually going to be driving by ourselves, we were going to be listening to music. So she would give us instructions with the, you know, when we had our, I always thought that was a great idea. And I brought a tape and everybody was like, ah, but I can remember it was Rocket Man was the first, you know, song that came across. Because it was Elton John. Of course, I was going to be listening to Elton John. I remember I was the first person that 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 got the, the to be able to parallel park right away. And uh, I can't parallel park to save my life. My friend Celeste, she's like, Emily, this is how you do it. And so normally we get out of the car. And she, even if we're in my car, we'll get out of the car. And she will parallel park. She's wonderful. <laughs> Celeste is great. But she can. And she's so good. She's like, this is how you parallel park. I'm like, I don't know anything that you just said. I'm just going to let you do it. I but know those how are to parallel. Things, those are the I, teachers that I remember. Yeah, I know how to parallel park, but it's it is dangerous. It is scary, especially you know if you have traffic coming both ways. I parallel park yeah. in downtown Conway, and and it's like a two lanes well, and Houston. then parking spots. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, like in the Heights in Houston, parallel park. I mean, I know, you know, pull ahead, put your blinker lights on, let people know you're backing up. I'm going to back up into you. You better stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or down in, um, uh, off the Strand in Galveston, that normally if you park anywhere, you're going to have to pay an enormous amount of money or you're going to parallel park. So if I'm going with somebody, I'm going to let y'all go park it because I'm not parking this. The only time you're going to drive my car is right now. <laughs> well, that's that's safety conscience, okay? If you can't yeah. do something, you have somebody that can help you. Yeah. 
And that's good, man. You have friends, you got a good support base, and people know a little bit more about you. I'm glad that we got a chance to catch up a little bit. But you got some some projects that are coming up. Uh, what, what are you doing with the different bands or, or with uh, Emily Glazner on your own proper? Well, um, with Red Iris, I, we're, we're trying to get together to uh, finalize a few of the lead vocals going on to our newest song to be released called Witching Hour. And we've... We, We've been going back and forth, and and now I'm starting to play rhythm guitar as well. So I'm um, like I can play rhythm guitar on acoustic very easily. Everybody says that an acoustic guitar is the same as an electric guitar, and they are liars because it is not. And they're like, oh, if you could do one, you could do the other. No, no. You see, I'm having to relearn how to do it because I mean, it's very different, um, and that's fine. I'm up for the challenge well, with how, that. How so? So it, working it, on that. What's the difference? Do you, you got the uh, the acoustic guitar. And it, is it a electric acoustic? Is it plugged in, or do you put a, do you oh, put yeah, a mic I don't on? Yeah, I an acoustic that that's plugged in, like a yeah, I'll cut bridge right next to me. Um, <laughs> uh, but the strings are normally harder. Uh, okay. The way you do a chord. See, if I want to play something, like if I want to play something that's Elton John, we'll talk Elton John. There's a lot of piano chords. Okay, lots and lots of piano chords. So you've got to figure out another way to play them on the guitar. So I'll use a capo instead of killing my fingers and trying to go like this. I'll just use the capo and I'll play a C where there should be an E flat. Easy. Um, with an electric, it's not really all that feasible to change the key with a capo. you got to do a bar chord and you've got to do other things. So I'm shaping my fingers in a different way. Now I can play bar chords on an, an acoustic guitar all day long, but after a while, it really weighs on your hand. You know, um, having to hold the keys there, I mean, the keys, having to hold the notes in, in place with your hands, you know, the position and everything. Um, is, it and metal, that's is, it, is it metal strings it, as opposed to filament mm -hmm. strings? Is it metal strings as opposed to filament strings? Oh, they're metal strings, yeah. As yeah. opposed both, to... Both of them, both electric and, and, and the acoustic are metal oh, strings. Oh, okay. I thought it's it was different a, kinds of strings. It's just a different feel. I mean, all the, yes, all the notes are the same. All, all the, the chords are the same, but it's a completely different feel. And so I found a, a guitar that I really like. That's it's a hollow body electric. It's silver. It's a Gretsch because I like to play Gretsch. My I like a Gretsch. Gretsch. It is a Gretsch. Yeah, and, uh, Bill. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Brian Setzer has that big old Gretsch. Man, I love yeah, that guitar. Yeah. So I, I finally broke down, and the guys were so excited that I bought my own electric guitar because then they knew. All right, well, she's going to learn what she needs to learn. And I had to get the pedal, then I had to get the other stuff. So I never have to use with an acoustic. You know, I just plug in and I go. Now I'm going to learn all these other things that I didn't know before. And it's fine. Um, but I love it. I made sure I picked out something that I would adore. Her name is Dorothy Gale because I love The Wizard of Oz. What color is and she? And she's silver. Oh, she's silver. Oh, okay. Because um, Dorothy's shoes, the people shoes. out there, were not ruby shoes. They were silver because it was talking about the ratio of silver to gold. The yellow brick road was the gold. So you're silver to gold. Everything in that's got an analogy to something else, you know. Um, and there are a lot more books than just that one. They're like 10. It's the first <laughs> book, that, the first actual book that I read was was uh, was uh, uh, the Wizard of Oz. A beautiful, beautiful story. And, it's actually and, really good. It was like three hundred pages, and I was very proud of myself. I think I was uh, four or five years old reading that book. That was that was cool. But I, I've loved that movie forever and ever. My mom can quote it front to back. So beautiful. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, all right. So can continue. Where where are we at with the bands? And when's the next gig? If you have any coming um, up, 
with the, with Red Iris, our next gig is in August. Uh, with the Joan Hearts, my next gig is uh, July 11th. With my solo, my next gig is uh, uh, this upcoming Saturday. <laughs> I got a when, but I don't have then, a where. Where, then, where? Oh, okay. Um, this upcoming Saturday, I'll play, be playing in a place called O'Neill's that's down the street. And then on July 4th, I will be singing the national anthem um uh, for in the, in the woodlands at Hughes Landing which is really cool really excited i used to do that all the time my little brother played used to play in championships in baseball and then they would cart me around because like oh she's going to sing it she'll sing the national anthem and i get up there and uh, do it and then <laughs> I, I, could I, see them cart, I could see know? them carting you around just putting you on that little and dolly the, roll you out yeah. and then roll you back <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so that that's how uh I got used to singing it, and I've been singing it since I was really young. And I'm, I've sang it in Texas City, which is a place I used to live. I lived there with my husband. And when he passed away, um, they asked me to sing the national anthem for uh, their their the benefit that they do, their you know their walkathon that they do uh, for for cancer. Because my husband passed away of lung cancer, so I, I proudly got out there and um, sang it. And then after that, I've sang it in Texas City for their police department you know i'll get picked from different people to ask me to sing it but i just happen to be going through facebook and a friend of mine george mangus great guitarist really cool guy band member uh, like i think he's in, like at one point he was in like, three or four bands just awesome george is great and he tagged me in this thing that i'd never seen and it was you know it's about playing singing the national anthem i was like oh yeah sure i'll do that and then the guy goes really like i don't even know this cat i was like yeah like it's for me, it's not hard. For some people, it may be hard, and it is a difficult song to sing the right way. And just as long as you put your heart and soul into it, and you don't do the whole Rosie O'Donnell thing, I think you're all right. You know? Yeah, more Whitney just, Houston, less Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. No, more Whitney Houston, less Rosie. Or, or, or you know, you throw in a little bit of um, uh, uh, some soul into it. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it'll be all right. I've heard people try to put a, a backbeat to the national anthem. Oh, who, it, it, what was it? It doesn't work. To... It it has it didn't work. Marvin know. Gaye did an amazing job of it though. Like it was like what was it? It was like a, a baseball. No, no basketball. Game. You know, it was like now that's how you sing the national anthem. <laughs> and then and then one year years ago when the Simpsons were were just starting off, they had Bleeding Gums Murphy come up. And sing the national anthem. And most recently, I nudged my, my kid. I was like, that's what they're doing. They're doing the Marvin Gaye thing. <laughs> he goes, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, let me show you what it is. But it's great. But that's his, that was his way of doing it. I think more Marvin Gaye than, you know, the other, you know, just a, but like I said, when you sing the national anthem, it's our national anthem. It is our song, you know, for whether you're blue or red, it's still our song. Yeah. And, and how I feel about it, I am a, a patriot i'm not a nationalist but i am definitely a patriot yeah. i love being from america but i am very worldly in the sense of i've raised my kids and i think i've told you this before the way i look at the world is i tell my three boys they are the most important three boys to me in the world but at no point in their life should they ever be more important than any other three boys that are being raised around the world by a mom you know because somewhere in China, she's got three boys. Those are the most important. Japan, those are the most important. In Africa, her children are more important to her than anything else. And those, her 
love for them is not anything less than my love for my boys. Mm -hmm. And so, I know I've told you that before, but I like to share that because I think that is a great way to look at the world and to teach your kids that's how we're all equal because someone loves them the same way I love you. You know, and that's a, a great way to, to finish this thing off. It, you know, if, if everyone sweeps their own front porch, the whole world will be clean. So take care of your own and make sure that they're, you're growing good people, which you are. You're, you're raising some some boys to to become good people. And that's a beautiful thing. That's that's commendable. So, um, all right. So that's what I want to do. <laughs> that's the are, way I look at it. That's are, my legacy. Are you putting anything down on tape that people can buy? Any singles coming out? Any? any- um, I'm working on a solo album. I'm in the middle of working on a solo album, and because I had written a Christmas song, um, and, and I just was able to release it in a small little way—not even release it, just a little thing on YouTube that I did with a band um, called. Um, uh, specky cult from england and we didn't mix it together really well in the video if you look it up on youtube it's not great but it's us together singing my song and so my goal is uh i want to have that released by the end of the year right around christmas so i'm working on it now and that song is really important to me because i'm singing merry christmas in four different languages like i'm not singing anything other than merry christmas in four different languages, <laughs> like, you know, Feliz Navidad is very easy to say, but like Freihil van Haken, which I, th- I believe is the way you say it in, in German. What you and call me? I, I got to work on that a little bit more, you know. <laughs> well, what so, did you call me? What was that? Exactly. Meli Kaliki Baka. I can't remember. Yeah, I, um, I remember Hawaiian. is Meli Kaliki Baka. <laughs> yeah, that one. But I'm just saying that all the other ones, and I really. I, you know, I think I've told you before, I'm a really big uh, Eddie Izzard fan. No and kidding. I love the you? thing that, um, yeah, I love the uh, Make Humanity Great Again. Um, and I've told you that before. And that inspired me because Eddie does a stand up in, you know, I think it's four different languages. You know, it's French, German, English, and Spanish. And that's such a cool thing. So I wanted to uh, write a Christmas song in the sense of, like, because to me, Christmas is for everyone. Yes, it is a, a Christian uh, holiday, but, to, you know, you got Santa Claus and you got the Christmas trees and every denomination and every religion, you know, responds to the reef and, and things. So I want a sense of for everyone in that sense. So, you know, uh, so I've got that Christmas song that I'm working on and I'm trying to have it released and along with quite a few other tunes and uh it's, it's, it's really fun. It's fun getting into the studio and working on those things. So they will be coming soon. Well, I mean, don't just put them out on YouTube. Make sure you put them on the, oh, no, on no, the, I'm on the Apple so people can buy some them. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people, yeah. people can buy but, some stuff and support Emily Glazner and the Red Iris and the Joan Hearts and all the, the different. <laughs> uh, well, I, Joan Hearts is not. Is not strictly Joan Jet music, right? It it is like eighties um, band. 80s it's a, it's a, it's a tribute. It, it started off as a tribute band just to Joan Jet, but uh, we would kept getting asked to play more music, more music. Yeah. So it really, it's it's it it's a tribute band, but then it's also a cover band. But we're changing the cover band to Emily and the Cruisers because that's just fun. You know, as a play on words, and it's just fun. And my friend Jean, Jean Velasquez, uh, <laughs> see, I said your name, Jean. Um, <laughs> he used to get me up on stage 
And he would be like, this is Emily from Emily and the Cruisers. She's on Facebook. I was not on Facebook. So he had these mad people looking to see where I was. You know, worth no Emily and Cruisers. But every time he would get me up on stage when I was first learning how to sing with a band, he would get me up with the Emily and the Cruisers. And I always thought that was so funny. So well, where do they find you on social media? Where do they find you? you, find you have, do you have a website? Emily yeah. Glazner on Facebook. So you look up Emily Glazner. You find me on Facebook. You see my face. I'll be smiling. Like that. Um, <laughs> With a Ramon uh, shirt on, on right now. Uh, Instagram, it's Emmy, like E M M Y Lou L O U Glaze. G L A Z E. Emmy Lou Glaze. I thought that was fun. And um, on um, Twitter, you can find. Um, you can find my music with uh, Red Iris would be with Red underscore mute Iris underscore music. So Red underscore Iris underscore music. And with uh, Emily Glazner, it was Emily underscore Glazner. And that's where you find it. And normally, if you're looking for Red Iris music, you'll find it under Emily Glazner and, and vice versa. So excellent. Excellent. So good catching up with you. Any other oh, avenues? Nice you as well. Yeah. Any, any other avenues you want to explore? Anybody, any other shout outs you want to give? Tell the people before we wind this thing down. Oh, um, you know what? I'm working on this song. It's like an anthem. Um, and it's called Spotlight. And um, the song that I'm working on, and I'm trying to, to, to get it recorded. I've got, I've got quite a bit of it recorded. It's a dedication to um, the women in my life who I think, you know, and, and as being a woman and being a single mom, I think a lot of times we take so much on ourselves, especially during COVID. My friend Celeste commented when she heard the song that, you know, it's a, for, for women in the sense of, you know, we, we weren't teachers, but then we had to be teachers. And, you know, sometimes there was a discussion of like who was going to stay home. And a lot of time it was the mom who stayed home, you know, while the dad still went to, to, to work during COVID because that's how you had to split the time. And then there were some amazing women who who were um, uh, nurses and they couldn't be with their children and that, that hardship that they took on to make sure that they took care of other people. You know, I just think there's so many things that we do in life and I'm proud to be a woman. And, and I mean that, and I, I'm, I'm very, uh, it, you know, inclusive. Like to me, I'm singing this for, for, for every woman, for, for, for where, however you feel, you know, um, even in the uh, LGBTQ plus community that i i'm like you know women we need to stick together all of us you know um so i feel very strongly about the the song and the hook of it is you know to stand up and sing girl you know because um only we tell our story only we can tell you we can only tell you our story and we can sing it to you in that kind of way so i'm working with a lot of these people and i wanted to talk about it because i came up with it because i have this Wonderful picture. Can I show you the picture that I have? Yeah, we people on video want to see these, pictures. Myself and these three women, you know, they're just really wonderful, amazing women. And uh, their names are Celeste Velasquez, um, Caroline Brez, and Dinah Burns, and just amazing women who, uh, in their own way, took me in um as a as a musician, their their husbands all played music with me, and when my husband died, they weren't oh you poor little thing. They were just like hey come along, and what a big thing that was, you know. And and I'm all about women supporting women, so I wanted to say something about them because I'm I'm looking at this great picture of them, and that I, I just adore them so much. 
Um, but that that's one of the songs I'm working on, and that's the song to be looking for. It's called uh, The Spotlight. And um, I hope to have it up and released before the end of the summer. But I just wanted to say that 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 moment of, you know, building each other up is such a big deal. And so many times we tear each other down. And it's just it doesn't get you anywhere. It might get you one ring up the ladder for now, but people don't forget what you've done, you know. So building each other up to me is such a big deal. And they did that to me. So I'm writing something about that. I've written something and I'm recording something about that. So that's my extra bit for you. Yeah. Once you get to a certain age, you got to help people. I remember when, when I was in my teen, late teens, early 20s, when I was starting this DJ thing, I, I didn't step on anybody, but I didn't, really didn't help anybody. But then you realize later in life, oh, I, I should be I should be helping more people, you know, reaching down and, and lifting people up. And the earlier you can you could figure that out, the, the better this world's going to be. Just help each other. You see, you know, somebody hurting, you, you try to make them feel better. And that's, yeah. that's that's a beautiful thing. You do that with your music and and with other things as well, you know, with your your teachings and and you teach those boys and teach them well and help them be lead the way. I, I, I get it. <laughs> or, that, or, or it'd be more like teach. Your children well, <laughs> their fathers. I love that song. Very good. All right. That's, that's uh, I guess we can wind this thing down. Give the last words for the people. You know it. Uh, uh, words to live by. Uh, mantra you say every day, or just whatever pops into your head. Oh, I've got I've got this great uh, hashtag. Well, I, like I don't own it, but I'm the only person who ever uses it. I've never seen anybody else use it. Hashtag find the good where you are. Whether you're making the good or whether somebody else is making it and you find it, whether it's a bad situation, like um, finding that that good, that's why we're alive and passing that on. So to me, find the good where you are. Even if you're in a, a bad situation, as a lot of people are, there's something good in there. The good PB, you realizing where you are and how do you get out, that's a good thing, figuring it out. So find the good where you are. Well, there you have it, party people. Emily Glazner. Isn't she sweet? Isn't she the nicest lady? Oh, my goodness. It's always good to talk to her. And I encourage you to follow her on her social medias. You get to see little video snippets, great pictures of her performances. And, you know, you get to hear the good songs, too. <laughs> the, st the stuff she's making with Red Iris and on her own and even with the Joan Hearts. I know that's a cover band, so that's not hers. So pay more attention to her original stuff that we, you know, we could support her and help her make some money and she can make a living out of this uh business we call show because there's no business like show business no business i know <laughs> um, I'm, I'm so corny on this one my goodness thank you emily glazner for being a part of the what makes you famous podcast once again uh, that's it for this edition of what makes you famous now if you yes you i'm talking to you my loyal listener if you would like to tell your story i encourage you to give me a call 501-470-6386 or email info at radio what.com that's it for me it's keys dan radio what.com dj little rock.com peace i'm out of here radio what the music you want Hey guys, this is Shelly G with a fast fact. In May 1997, 
Paul McCartney broke his own world record by obtaining his 81st gold disc. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us at Interactive Radio, RadioWhat.com. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keys thank you for listening this is keys dan and this is shelly g and you're listening to radio what.com <laughs>